All right, just let me know when you're ready. And Tim, just the usual clappy clap. Yeah. What's going on, guys? This is your weekly dose of mental detox with me, your host, Frank Wolf, and as well as Mr. An Advocate for Liberty. And today, so, you know sometimes that you're just like, again, I always tell this to like every person that I kind of like meet or when he's there in the sh- in our other show. But honestly, I just tell this person that I'm proud. I'm really proud of his progress and what he has become and how he've kind of like transformed into no offense, but like usually like an edgy person an edgy person to like a more sociable person so i'm really sur- not just surprised but i really believe in this person's capabilities so that's why i brought him on this show and that's why we're introducing you to a whole new not the whole new but like he's our guest for the first time on this show and currently we're all experiencing the heat wave but yeah Please welcome Mr. Lando. How are you doing, Lando? Dying of heat stroke, like you said. <laughs> yeah. Like, how, okay, we'll start with this topic before we dive on to the more important ones. But how is the heat wave for you guys? Like, yesterday for me, it was 97. And or 93 rather and i was kind of like complaining about it and when i heard that in california it was like a hundo i was like i kind of don't have the right to complain but i'm also asian which is i'm i'm kind of like used to heat so you know sometimes this heat wave is either just i don't know i can't tolerate it or i just want to admit that i like the cold better i know about you guys that's just me. Well, the heat wave here actually hasn't been bad the last two days. It cooled off a little bit. Last week was our heat wave. So I guess we kind of missed it a little bit from you guys. Um, but I did go outside and work hard today. So I felt like I was in a heat wave anyway. Yeah. So I went manual tire changer and stuff, changing the tires for the car. So it was quite the day. But uh, sounds like Lando has another heat wave. But you, it's almost always hot where you are, Lando. Yeah, especially in my room because I only got one window in this whole upstairs. It's the only bedroom up here. So, yeah, it gets hot as shit in here. And my walls and everything are concrete and that builds up heat. And it's usually like 20, 25 degrees hotter in my room than it is outside. You okay. could probably use one of those dual fans where you could do one in, one out. It would work a lot better in that room if you could get a hold of one. Yeah. So quickly, because I don't, I also don't know, like the answer to this question, but which state do you live in again? I live in Wisconsin. Ooh. So another one of those kind of like East Coasty, kind of like super hot. I mean, not really, but when it's summer, it's summer, but when it's winter, it's winter kind of thing. Because that's always my impression about the East. Yeah, it's pretty different here, mm. say the least. I mean, when it gets hot up here, it gets hot up here. And when it gets cold in here, it gets cold. And and I'm not just talking about in my room. I mean, outside, 
mm. in general. We have one of the coldest winters on the Midwest. So. That being said, I'll talk about something that kind of like not everyone knows, but we'll talk about what's in the horror podcast quickly because there's a show that you do when you wanted to like discuss like horror movies and things like that and Mm -hmm. i also heard that you also co-hosted with tim so i kind of want to discuss like how did it start and how did you kind of like not formatted but how did you kind of like plan that you're you're kind of like going to make a horror podcast because i mean there's a lot of kind let's be honest here let there's a lot of podcasts out there like millions and millions so yeah how did you start it and how did you plan everything all along well i started thinking about it about three maybe four years ago right as podcasts start to really get popular <clears throat> so I started with that and then I was like well what am I going to talk about because I had no idea what I was going to talk about at first so I kept on thinking and thinking and I was like well I like movies so maybe I can talk about movies mm. and then I was thinking to myself well what kind of movies am I going to talk about because I don't just like horror movies I like comedies and acting films and stuff like that but horror movies have always been part of my life since I was like literally in diapers I was still being potty trained when I was watching horror movies as a little kid my dad he didn't care what I watched my mom she of course being a mom did care so so once I figured out what I wanted to talk about I didn't know if I wanted to just talk about horror movies or review them so once i figured out that i wanted to start reviewing them that's when i gathered started gathering you know a decent computer it's not the best but it works and then i started looking for different types of microphones headphones you know stuff that i need to start a podcast and then once i did all that and got everything gathered up I was trying to find a platform to start and originally I was going to be on SoundCloud but unfortunately you can only record three hours of audio on there before you have to start paying which is total bullshit but so I looked around online and I found Anchor FM so that's where I upload each episode so once I found all that I was like, okay, I'm good. Well, turns out I wasn't good because with my anxiety, I get really nervous pretty damn easy. So I couldn't record the damn thing by myself. So several people have suggested I get a co-host. And I, at first I was like, I don't know if I want a co-host. So I just put the podcast off for a little while. And then people kept on pushing me to do it. So I ended up doing it. And 
well, before doing it, they need to find a co-host, which was kind of a bitch. I mean, I only had one other person than Tim say they were interested, but the time zone was completely off because they live in the UK, I do believe. Hmm. And so, yeah, that's basically how it started. And then right after me and Tim had our very first meeting, we uh, shot our, or recorded our first episode within like a week after we had our meeting, I think. Yep, I think we did the same day, a week later. Yep, like a week later. Mm. We did our first episode, and then now we're about to record our sixth episode on the 27th of this month. Yep. And, and it'll be out on Saturday. Mm. Interesting, because one of the things that, and tell me, tell me guys about this, if this is just like me, but whenever, whenever it's like a few minutes before the show, even if I've been doing shows or podcasts for like a little bit, a little bit under three years now, you still you still get that like tingling in in you and you still got like i won't say for me i won't say like nervous but like you got this sensations that you kind of like sometimes don't understand when you make a show a show so i mean do you also get that tim yeah i i, I get that um i get it actually i think more like Honestly, like with the podcast with Lando, more than I do with the, most of the others, because the others are pretty natural. This is different, but it's also because we are watching different movies and it's always completely different. It's not something coming completely out of my head. It's coming out of something we watched. So it's a little different. And I do get that anxiety rush just before we start to. Um, usually I'll do something stupid to try and keep us both calmer and we'll laugh a little bit. I mean, let's be honest, you always do something stupid, regardless. I do my best. And I usually get Lando laughing, and then then he'll record. But I've noticed when he does that, if he gets a good laugh in, no matter how ridiculous it is, it goes so much smoother right from the get-go. It's just like, that's it. Lando's ready. Mm. Because that's also me in some way, is that I get into, like, this perfect zone before I get to record anything or like do a show. So the perfect, okay. There's like my perfect like drill before I do shows is usually that 15, 15 minutes. I just like eat or drink something. And then after like 15 minutes or so I took like, I take like a quick shower and then I'll just w- walk around like envision what I can of like want in the show. That's like a perfect natural prank to do. Right. So in, in a perfect world, that's what I do in a non perfect world. I'll just like, Oh yeah, hit the, hit the record button. That, that was me. Right. So there's that. And then, because 
we're talking about shows. And a while ago, we're, we were talking about being nervous before going into shows, right? But this leads upon to the question that I always kind of like want to like put apart is that we became like this kind of like machine, not machine, but we became more susceptible to anxiety and not just like anxiety itself, but social anxiety where people, people don't understand that, oh yeah, social anxiety, being social in like, you know, this current times and the pandemic, blah, 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 doesn't make sense. Well, sometimes there are also Zoom rooms where you actually communicate or some people like us who do podcasts, we communicate through like Zoom rooms, discords, things like that. And even then, we're still socially anxious. But I invited Lando here because I wanted straight from someone who is actually experiencing social anxiety. Not just like, you know, in the previous show, we talked about romanticizing, like, mental health, which, I get, again, I'll get into a rant maybe later on or in the next shows. But I wanted to, stri- to come straight into someone's experience, not just anecdotal experience, but, like, you know, that has a, a living proof of transformation. But I want to ask, so Lando, what is social anxiety for the ones who actually experience it? Well, for me, I've always been like really, really nervous to talk. And uh, growing up, it's, it was pretty hard. And then I started getting teased and bullied for not being the talkative one in any grade I was in. So it made it even more impossible for me to talk. Hmm. Well, so, so you already had social anxiety is what I'm getting from that. And then mm-hmm. that just made it worse because other people and the way they reacted to your social anxiety made you pull into yourself even more and be more social. I am social and less, yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the stigmas of society that really would be nice to be changed. Yeah, like for for us, like the stigma behind people with social anxiety is just like, okay, like this by far one of the things that bugs my mind is that when people say that when people say that you have social anxiety is you're nervous with people that's that's usually like the connotation of it but in reality it's more let's dive down to like one of the things that i feel is not just important to understand but like it's not just how people perceive it, but like how we are able to like 
cope with it. So let's expound it in this way. It's like, it's social anxiety, a disorder. Yes. Like it's a mental health condition where everyone is intensely and kind of like persistently in fear of being watched or judged by others. There, There's kind of like not just that connotation, but it's more likely not just to affect you in your work or school, but in your daily or daily making, daily friendships rather, is what I, I need to say. So yeah, um, there are different types of social anxiety. You have the or responses like you're saying. You, some people shut people out, don't talk. Lando was kind of a little bit that way before, and also I think you developed a coping mechanism to kind of be a little bit on the offense almost. Remember before you were really kind of on offense before you had to worry about someone re, re coming back at you with something that you didn't like, and those are kind of like coping mechanisms that are kind of deflection type things we talked about before. Mm. And then there's when you let things in and you start to actually learn to cope as trying to let things go and trying to accept them and move forward. And that's where I think Lando is right now from what I've seen. And it's just the fastest transformation I think I've ever seen with anybody with this issue, with the social anxiety to mm. do what you've done in such a short period of time is commendable. Uh, it's, I have no other words for it. It's just amazing to see the difference in you now compared to before we started the show. I, I, I really just love how far you've come so fast and how, the difference in you is just, I, I have no words for that. The, how much I commend you for what you've done. So not just that I want to learn more about this, but Okay, like a lot of people always tell that I have social anxiety. That's like, yeah, I'm just nervous going out. And there, there's the ones that say that I have a mental health condition where it's really social anxiety. So there's, again, there's a romanticized version and then there, there, there's the real part, right? So going back to Lando, like, so growing up, like, how did that high school experiences kind of like transition you or not just transition you, but like help you from, let's say, being a social, socially anxious person to maybe a more socially anxious person or to another direction? Because that's always like one thing that I want to understand with people is not just the roots, but like their mere kind of like stories. Yeah, like how did it affect you in high mm. school? Like what, what, what in did high school create? and after high school? In high school and after high school, how did it create that need to try and be either on the offensive or pulled back into yourself so much? How did that? How did that develop to be? Did it get deeper? Did it stay the same, or did it like? lesson over time 
Uh, it definitely changed me for sure. I mean, it wasn't just high school, it was middle school, elementary school. Pretty much my whole life I was bullied for being different. And uh, also, I also got uh, bullied for being short, being overweight. So I got bullied a lot for not just my mental state, but for my physical looks too. So you got ver verbally beat down and that created a lot of this anxiety by the sounds of things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I remember those things in high school and in middle school myself. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Lando, you went through that. I mean, I'm happy that you don't feel seem to feel that way as bad now. So that actually really... Yeah, okay. so yeah. <laughs> that awkward pause. We we always need an awkward pause, but like, oh uh, yeah, I just want to make sure no one else wanted to say anything. I don't want to talk over anybody. So no, it's okay. So not that I'm trying to try even more, but I just want to ask quickly something. How old are you now again, Lando? Actually, my 35th birthday is in two weeks from today. Hey, man. We'll again, we'll celebrate that in two weeks. So that being said, so from near, from high, from let's say your childhood and from nearing 35 years of age, right? Like, mm -hmm. how did this kind of like help you as a person or how did this contribute to you as a person because I want to understand like did you have like friends along the way or did you have like anyone to talk to or does anyone kind of like know about it because one of the things also about social anxiety that we don't know is it's not just about not opening up but it's also could be a deflection thing again. So how did, how did in the middle of the road thing happen to you? Like, did, like how did it affect your friendships and stuff that yeah. as you went through? Did you, were you able to hold on to some friendships and that help you? Or was it more just difficult to get a friendship going with your anxiety? Yeah, it was definitely hard for, me to get friends I'd always get friends that you should not be friends with like most of my friends in middle school and high school they already had a arrest record before they even were old enough to drink hmm. do you feel that any of them like used you because of the fact that you didn't have many friends or did you feel that they just were kind of there just because they were having awkward moments themselves yeah, basically we were all loners and pretty much the losers of the school. So that's how we pretty much became friends. And then majority of them got me into a whole bunch of trouble I've had. Cops called on me multiple times. I've been arrested once. And you, uh, you've dealt with this right up until recently? Is this when it's really changed or has it changed before and then came back again? 
Well, the whole me getting arrested thing happened my senior year in high school. So I was 18 years old at the time. And then that's when I started hanging out with some, I think that was, no, that was a year after. Because I uh, quit going to high school when I was in, yeah, two months before I was to graduate, I quit going to school. And I moved in with a guy I didn't even know. And then I eventually moved in with my father and his girlfriend at the time. And then I got, I came here to visit, but my dad never intended to take me back. When you moved in with that friend in high school, do you think you would have done that if it wasn't for the fact that you've been kind of beat down so much before and felt so anxious and just kind of needed a place to go? Uh, probably, yeah. Okay. Um, and then you still dealt with this awkwardness right up, like all the way through your life. Mm -hmm. And then this extreme change at almost 35 that, oh, that, you know, I realize how much that even makes even more like commending you even more because that's, that's 35 years of uh, dealing with that. And I deal with social anxiety, but I can kind of fake it or work through it sometimes. Whereas yours is almost, I don't want to say crippling, but it almost was made you, it seems like it sounded like it really hindered your friendships and your interactions with people to an extreme degree. And it's definitely that, hard for me to, it's definitely hard for me to make friends, mm -hmm. especially in a town like this when they just look at you and if you're not, their thoughts of normal, then you're nothing. So like one of the things that I've kind of like disliked the most and tell me if I'm wrong guys, but like one of the things that causes social anxiety disorder and I'm removing, I'm removing the chemical imbalance again, like we already know there are sometimes there's chemical imbalance to your body and you just can't help it. Let's be honest on that. And we're not just like talking about that area, but one of the biggest things that kind of like contributes to one's actual social anxiety is once they're experiencing it in their childhood is bullying. Like one of the biggest things that actually contributes it is bullying. So, I mean, there's like people, okay, people in both public and private schools, there, there is sometimes that notion where you could actually visibly see one being socially anxious. Like, let's say for example, for example, stumbling world words, um, doing awkward things. Like there are sometimes that using just, awkward phrases yeah. or acting just completely off the wall. A lot of times that's their attempt to the person's attempt to try and be social with you or mm -hmm. with someone else. And then it's perceived as different and then it's attacked. And I, it, that creates a stigma within yourself to think, Oh, well, 
I don't know if I even want to interact with people. And then you become socially, the social anxiety kicks in and mm. you develop it over time. Social anxiety typically starts from somewhere, usually some form of bullying or rejection at some point is what creates it. And over time it becomes a habit and then you instantly feel ner nervous and Lando's has taken a step out of that shell, but I'm sure you still feel it at least to a degree. Oh yeah. I know you guys have told me about how you're noticing a difference when I go into zooms, but there's still at least one zoom room I'm not talking to in. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, I mean, the fact that you're talking, you're doing your lives on Instagram. If if you told me that you were going to do this stuff six months ago, I would have said, no way, Lando's going to do that. <laughs> Honestly, I, I mean, you've really stepped out of your shell. And it's mm -hmm. a great thing because you shouldn't need to be social. Anxious. I mean, it's not something you're probably ever going to be completely rid of. It's not even once you have it, it's going to be there to some degree. Mm -hmm. But the fact that you're able to work through it and still be social is a huge step and not have to be deflecting and kind of on an offense all the time. Like even in, even with you're constantly in chats talking, you have been forever, but it mm -hmm. used to be more of like a almost offensive chat. Like you were just constantly like pushing at people, you know, because you, you just expected a bad response. You could kind of tell you're expecting a bad response no matter what. So why not just start off that way? Excuse me. But now you, now when you're in chats, it's like, yeah, you still got that deep, dark, dark sense of humor, but it's exactly that it's deep, dark sense of humor. It's not you trying to attack everybody. Mm. And that the change is noticeable. I mean, I'm hoping you notice it yourself and you feel better a little bit. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know if you can feel it or not. I know we can see it, but can you feel it yet? Do you feel a little bit of that weight lifted a little bit? Not really. I've never really even noticed that at all. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to my Instagram lives, I've been doing that for a while. Well, you've been doing it for a while, but it's the way you're doing it. It's like, I don't know. It's different than before. You got these kind of happy, like really outward look. I, there's a change. You can see it. I just didn't know if you could feel it or if you've noticed it yourself, because I, I'm hoping you do start to it at some point, feel the difference because it's like I said, it doesn't go away, but the way the burden should be lifting. It looks like it's lifting. I'm sure eventually you'll start to feel it. I just didn't know if you were at that point yet. So one of the things too that I kind of wanted to ask you is in regards to kind of like your state right now, like when you got diagnosed with social anxiety, were you prescribed like, and let's be honest because sometimes you would, but were there other, were there medications that was prescribed to you? And did you go through like huge kind of like therapies? Well, for my depression, they wanted me to go see a therapist, but my social anxiety wouldn't let me mm. pretty much. Yeah, because one of the things that I've kind of like noticed with people 
is social anxiety could actually wreck your life and not everyone could know about this but like so let's say for example like individuals that are in school may not be able to actually complete school because of this and there are some times that when you're actually at least invited to eating outside there are some times that due to like fear let's say of let let's say for example handshaking or like talking to a person what or even like going out with a person on, on a date right like people try to like avoid that social interaction or like even disrupting your daily life or your daily routine even your occupation or your performance in your work or your social life it makes it to completely have this difficult mindset of making it difficult in your life so people with social anxiety disorder have this like increased risk of major or developing major depressive disorders as well so you tend to not just isolate yourself but there are times that it could lead more into like i would say substance abuses sometimes and even up to the point of suicide so in order for us to make it the in order for us to not just make this about social anxiety we need to look upon upon like i would say the triumphant um the triumphant journey of lando right because i i mean that's why we invited you to the show is not not just to discuss with with the person having a social anxiety but how to triumph over it how to so, control it yeah how uh, how as lando has shown lately a very strong control over something that if you've been dealing with this for 34 years for you to suddenly take as much control as you have lately that takes a lot of willpower it really does it's not something that i would say dare say most people that have dealt with the social anxiety as long as you have could not have done what you did mm-hmm. and what you've done i seldom from all the people i've talked to over the years have seen anyone able to do that come back from that long and usually it's some something happens in their lives and they might deal with it for a few years maybe even a decade but they haven't dealt with it their entire lives when they're able to bounce back like you did and take control of the situation and actually push through it and be social regardless of how they feel that's not something that's common that's a strength that as far as i know you're the only one i know that has had I'm sure there's others, but I don't know them. <laughs> mm. So in that, that there, I think it would, uh, Frank is trying to get to is how did you find that strength? Was it, was there something specific that kind of brought it out of you that you finally decided, you know, enough of this, I'm just going to do what I want to do. I actually have no idea. 
So it wasn't a conscious thought, which is no. even more amazing because you didn't even force yourself into this. That's okay. Like I'll kind of like dive down into like an experience that we three kind of like both are Share. familiar because yes, share too, because we're part of a certain type of community, right? And Zoom rooms, let's be honest, we are not just a North American one, but we also kind of have like, mem not just members, but like part integral parts of, of our community that's like from let's say Australia, from UK, from Asia, from other parts of NA and EU, you know. So that being said, what made you kind of like go into Zoom rooms? Because that's also part, not just like part of it, but like there's also part of like not just one, a stepping stone for you, but two, there are also a lot of socially anxious people that wants to like engage into conversations, but they, you know, it's the pandemic, you know? So what got you into Zoom rooms? Oh, well, I joined a certain Discord that I think all three of us are in. And that's when I started going into Zoom rooms. And then, of course, I left that Discord and I left Zoom for a while. And then I started going into different Discords. And, yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's just a short story there. but You are an anomaly. I will say this. You really are. Um... Yeah, that's where we've, we all met. It was through the discords and Zooms and chats and stuff like that that we all tend to frequent. And I just, I don't even, I mean, it's interesting to see that you, what you've done, you don't really, didn't realize you were really doing it as much as you've seen other people reacting to it. And yet, the change is like night and day. I, d I just hope, I hope over time you start to feel the difference because I think it'll lighten a lot of that anxiety over time. Once you get used to it, the more time you spend doing it, the more time we like when we do the podcast, I know for me too, watching the movies every, every couple of weeks helps me a lot. I need that break and it's a forced break because I have to, and it just, you helped me too. Don't think it's a one-way street. That helped me a great deal. It really has changed a lot. I don't have, I have to take a little me time because of it. And that me time I needed. Um, if I don't have a forced me time, I tend to be a workaholic and just work my way through everything I'm dealing with. And with what else we have in common, I, well, we all know that I kind of am active and kind of get stressed out over it. So it's, You've helped me a great deal too, Lando. Thank you. So, one of the things that 
actually and this this didn't just like help me at most with people with social anxieties but like specific like reading examples and meditations examples actually help me so like for example like there's some like breathing patterns that you could actually do to not just help you but it's it also allows to make make it a little bit more comfortable with people so like for example like what what kind of like breathing examples you say so first like there are times like i just like time my breath in like a minute and it kind of like helps me calm down at most and not just that but like i just like sit down comfortably with a clock in my in not in my mouth but like in my hand in, in my mouth. mouth sure but like in my hand and usually i just like really breathe through my nose kind of thing where there is just like so so much like examples so you're talking about things that helped you get through when you have issues yeah, yeah. so you're are we gonna lando what are some of these um coping mechanisms you learned over the years that kind of help you when you're really feeling it bad the anxiety i try not to think about it i i do um have a app on my phone for meditation because i am a buddhist believe it or not and uh yeah that helps a little bit um watching movies and tv shows that i have on dvd that helps too and yeah, i think that's about it really i know of another one i think music too you oh yeah definitely music. music music actually tends to help a lot of people with a lot of different anxieties but that said you do uh you do listen to music you do the, the i didn't know about the meditation thing that's something even i didn't know about for sure um but it's good to do and the social anxiety is that part of the reason why you have sleeping issues do you get like stressed out sometimes like after you talk to people or when you're thinking about talking no not really i mean i was diagnosed with insomnia a few years ago i think it was back in my mid-20s or something like that because when i was in school and stuff i had no problem going to sleep at night does your insomnia affect your anxiety though for social anxiety like if you haven't got enough sleep do you feel extra edgy and extra nervous no i'm just more angry well that could do it too <laughs> yeah yeah so one of the things that a friend of mine did when she had yes i have female friends good job friend like there sometimes this is what she do when she has social anxiety the biggest thing that she does is she actually congratulates herself 
it sounds weird, right? It sounds weird because congratulating yourself sometimes makes you not really egoistic, ego, Egotistical. egocentric. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes you think that you're egocentric or that just like you're just boosting yourself where in fact it's actually making yourself feel better there's actually like two different things so like there is sometimes like some of the days that you just again it rolls again to that topic where you just don't actually feel that you want to go out or that you want to make yourself out of the house is that you have this small achievements that you actually did so again like this what she did for coping right so yeah she lists some of the things that she actually achieved throughout the day it's like oh yeah i brushed my my teeth today like i okay i know it sounds like really little but to a person who has social anxiety that would lead to the to when the social anxiety is getting into the depression stage, it is good to have goals and make meet them. Yeah. Um, especially if you are, your social anxiety is the point where you don't really talk to many people mm. because who else is going to congratulate you for anything? If you don't yeah. congratulate yourself, you're not going to hear it from someone else. If you're unable to talk to people all the time, if your depression's kicked in bad, did the depression actually, by the way, quickly Lando, yeah. did the depression when you were dealing with it affect your social anxiety and make it worse? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I, I usually does, but not always. Sometimes it actually brings people out weirdly. I've seen it happen. It's odd. Yeah, because sometimes it's weirdly correlated to one another, where in fact, you have that instance of not just like social isolation, where you want to like just be yourself, but there is sometimes that you deflect things where in fact that sometimes it's not a problem, whereas it's a problem or where, it, where in fact, when you actually get complimented, it's just like, nah, it's not really like that. You can't accept like, it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that I kind of like that build it up is that there is sometimes that for a socially anxious person that, it's actually a little bit diff or more difficult to actually do your daily routines. Again, it goes back to not just <laughs> congratulating yourself, but like, let's say for example, oh yeah, I got, I fed my dog today. Or yeah, I walk like, let's say 15 meters outside our house, back and forth. Or let's say for example, like, not just that, but like setting goals. Let's say, for example, oh yeah, I finished like a book within like, let's say three days. Or let's say I'm able to like contribute positively in the community for like five minutes or so. So it kind of like partly set, like goal setting involves like deciding where you want to kind of like end up but not just that, it also involves like learning how you cope up with it and kind of like setting, like let's say, a 
bigger comfort zone, if that makes sense. Because one of the things that you do is once you set in goals and congratulate yourselves, those are the things that you don't usually do when you are in, in that socially anxious state or in a depressive state where yep. in fact they're actually really difficult to do. So let's say how you were doing like one week now, you, you can compare it, let's say from a month later, from three months later, right? And down the road, it's like you started to like test, kind of like test yourself or quiz yourself again. And you see your scores improve, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, Lando, um, in your case, I would say, for one thing, like the, the podcast, you set a time and we do it at that time. It's like a controlled situation. And I think that might be what's helping you more than anything. You have a set time where you're controlling a situation that's outside of yourself, not just you. And it kind of brings it to a, maybe that, you're not even thinking about it, but that, I think that might be what part of what's helping is the fact that you're able to do that. Whereas like in the past, when with social anxiety, like if someone's being a bully to you, you have no control over that, the way they react and the way they're treating you. And I think that might be part of the reason why we're seeing a change and maybe not even realizing it. And then on top of that, like what I just brought something up, a good goal for anyone, especially if they deal with social anxiety, is like, remember how I talk about with reaching out to people to help them out, like make sure that they're okay and stuff. But this time, reach out to people just because if you reach out to someone once a day or once every few days, it'll help you. It'll help you with the social anxiety. Over time, you get more and more used to it and it becomes a habit and then you become more social and the anxiety will fade to some degree. I'm not saying it's going away, but it'll get better. There's a way to outwardly do the same thing as much as you internalize it. And it can help you keep you from a depression phase too. And I don't want to see you go through that ever again if you don't have to. You know what? One thing I noticed about Lando too. And again, this is not it's that, just it's about... That gorgeous, it's that gorgeous beard. Uh, sure. But another thing that I kind of like noticed about Lando, aside from his glorious beard that Tim put out, is that he, dude, one of the things that actually is, I would say, not just hard, but like unrealistic for a socially anxious person is actually starting to say yes to conversation. And not just that, but like social interactions. Like when a social, socially anxious person gets invited to like a social gathering or not just a social gathering, but like some things that you actually want to do with a person is that, and again, this connotation is not the, not the bad one, but like the good, the good invitations, not the bad invitations. Again, people is they started to actually saying yes. So Lando recently started to say yes into 
going into the other show that we do. He started doing sh- doing shows or live shows, and he started he started saying yes to not just being invited to the other show, but liberty, mind, body, and soul. It's actually tough sometimes to just say yes and talk to people over the internet. And not just that, but he's also started to saying yes into like events, let, let's say podcasts and things like that, which I am actually part of it, pr- p- part of it and proud of it. So the last coping mechanism that I actually really want to address is stop trying to be also be perfect because that's another thing is that when you're socially anxious you're actually wanting to make it into a perfection kind of thing where in fact that you want to kind of like control people's judgments and just want to do things in a perfect manner where it's everyone's going to be pleased that's negative training too is what it was negative training from in the past when you've had moments where you didn't do things quite right, but you were persecuted for it and bullied for it. I mean, it instantly brings out that feeling that I got to do this perfect. And that can be a problem with a lot of people with social anxiety because they, and then they overcompensate usually come off awkward. Like that conversation, like someone will say something completely off the wall that makes no sense whatsoever. Really. Usually it's more than just off the wall. It's usually like, socially not accepted whatever they have to say because they're so trying so hard that they can't think and then they blurt out the first thing comes to their mind and it usually is not the best thing to say yeah so but you know that's not a that's the problem the stigma is the issue it's not what's going on with you it's not what you're saying it's the fact that others aren't understanding and perceiving that maybe you might have some need to calm down first before you can actually have a good decent wholesome conversation with them you know it's because of what you've dealt with in your past and everything all the beatdowns and verbal beatdowns and such that bullying really does set deep and after 34 years to see you actually coming out and changing even if you especially if you don't know it that's that's a big big thing i mean there's a reason why the community not just me not just frank but the community as a whole has noticed and they've reached out to you and told you this and I've seen it a few times and there's a reason why they're doing it because it's kind of amazing it really is and I wish to I wish you well on this and it continues for the rest of your life and you just start to not feel that deep anxiety I would like to see that fade away for you yeah me too Well, you know, if you keep playing that glorious beard, you know, it'll get better. Get off my dick already. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) So that being said, we're on the last leg of the show. So last thing, is there anything you want to say, Lando, for not just like socially anxious people? but like people who actually experience these things that you want to kind of like encourage them with? Uh, Well, it does get better over time. I mean, as Tim is saying, he sees it, even though I don't, 
so it does get better apparently i think i think if you keep if you keep we keep seeing it you'll eventually start to feel it i think it's you just it's kind of like you've been trained so much to feel that negative impact that you're kind of holding off on trying to feel it subconsciously until like after a while after it sinks in it's actually gonna last if you're still waiting for that like you know that ball to drop it's like it's about time at some point it's gonna go negative it's a trained reaction from all the 34 years of the negative you know it's gonna take a little while to accept the positive it's just like with anything you see people with any mental health issue or undiagnosed even mental health issue you think about the fact that oh it's going to take me years to get better and they kind of get frustrated and they give up but on the flip side of that you realize it took your lifetime to get where you were or an extreme event that you could not control can't change and it's still a part of you like in my case with losing my son did a lot with my depression i mean things happen and there's reasons why getting that back is not going to happen overnight. It's going to take years. It's going to take a lifetime to really get to where you're going because until you get there, you're still on the journey. So just keep going on the journey you're on. I have a feeling you're going to eventually start to feel it. And I can't wait for the day you tell me you can. I really can't. Mm -hmm. Oh. <laughs> All that right, being yeah. said, so I just want to again promote again what's in the horror podcast, which Orlando and an advocate for liberty do. That's always live. I think Saturdays twice a week that you guys actually upload it, right? Every other Saturday. Yeah, every other Saturday. So. You could listen to it. I'll put the links down on the description below. Also, if you haven't, make sure to check out Liberty Mind, Body, and Soul on An Advocate for Liberty's channel, on his YouTube channel. Again, awesome stories. Recently, he had Angela Garley. It's an awesome show. Promise you, you won't get disappointed. And the week before that, he had Lando. So if you want to know more about the story of Lando, check that out feel free to do that also one of the things that is actually underrated is if you enjoy the podcast make sure to help the algorithm for us to help other people this is not just a podcast about talking about mental illness or mental disorders but about helping people not just know about them but be able to confidently be able to actually not just provide mental help, but to actually reach out to somebody because that's the most important thing is if you're experiencing this, you need to reach out to somebody. So that being said, again, if you want to help us get to help others, make sure to hit that five-star review and help us subscribe help us reach other people, help that algorithm, subscribe or follow. If it's on Spotify, download it. If you're on Apple Podcasts, help, you know, again, help us get into a five-star review. And then next, if you have like one of the best things that you could do, 
is not just to be able to spread it, but again, help this podcast to spread to help other people. And again, as our sign-offs always is, as I always give it at any given point in time that you feel that somebody doesn't think of you, just remember our DMs are always open and we love each and every one of you all. Stay safe. And as well as this is your story, your story is not finished yet. You don't have to do this alone. Okay? We love you and we like you. Peace out, everyone.